What's up, fam? Welcome to another episode of Bikini Things. You got your girl, Laura, here in the home studio recording solo today. I'm going to do a little bit of a brain dump. So I have a topic that I think is relevant for most of us competitors. But before we do that, don't forget to give the podcast or review, rate it five stars, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. I'd really appreciate that. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen, go ahead and give us a subscribe. And let's jump right into the episode. Or... (laughs) Before anyone throws shade or uh, accuses me of being a fat shaming or anything like that, keep in mind we're talking specifically for competitors. And there's a lot of reasons, mental, emotional, yes, but also physical, that we wouldn't want to gain weight rapidly or excessively in an off season, right? So if you're gaining more weight than you had to begin with, that's a sign that it's a little too much. In general, a really good or just basic rule of thumb after a show is for females, maybe gaining up to about 10%-ish, 10% above your stage weight. So if you're 100 pounds on stage, that would put you at 110 pounds. And you can apply this for yourself, right? So if my stage weight is typically, you know, just shy of 150, that means 165 is about the window I'd want to keep myself within to number one, be healthy but also set myself up to be successful for future competitions. So, so let's let's jump into before I get too far ahead of myself. Let's jump into the the first thing that we need to go over and that is why why don't we want to gain an excessive amount of weight? That <laughs> seems like a simple question, right? But why like what are what are the legitimate reasons that we wouldn't want to gain excessive weight in off seasons? So the first one, and this is particularly in the instances of rapid weight gain post-show. So when you were seeing competitors gain 10, 20 pounds in a week, something like that, or even even 10 pounds in two weeks, still very rapid. Why wouldn't we want to do that? Or, or what specifically about that is a problem? So if you imagine if you're gaining something like 10 to 15 pounds in a week or even two weeks, all of your internal organs now have to handle this additional tissue. Humans do not grow at that rate. So when we're gaining weight so rapidly, we're putting stress on all of these internal organs. Our heart now has to pump blood to all of this additional tissue. So if you're gaining, if you're 100 pounds on stage, you gain 10 pounds in a week, you've now just (laughs) demanded that within a week, your heart has to pump blood to 10% um, within a week. And it's, you haven't, you haven't given it the chance to acclimate to that or to gradually get stronger, pump blood more effectively. So in that case, you know, even having like circulation issues, what, what some people can get when they're gaining weight rapidly is edema where their ankles, their hands may swell up that's a bad sign. If, if that's happening to you, go see a, go see a doctor. So both our, our kidneys and our liver are having to detoxify, filter everything that we're putting in our body during this period of rapid weight gain. And they too have now this increased demand and workload. So you're putting stress on the internal organs. So so the, f- the first reason is really just it's not good for us. It's not good for us to be gaining weight rapidly. It's very likely you are 
depositing plaque in your arteries. So meaning that we're clogging our arteries when we're gaining weight rapidly like that, or if we're gaining excessive weight, that's one of the reasons why it's not healthy to be overweight or to be obese is you're going to deposit additional plaque in your arteries, which could then lead to heart disease down the road. So the first, the first reason is mainly just a health one. It's not good for us to be gaining excessive amount of weights and it's definitely not good to be gaining it rapidly. So we're all human. If it's happened to you, you know, by no means, by no means am I telling you you're a bad person or, you know, scolding you or anything, but Let's just understand if we can have a better understanding of what we're doing and what might predispose us to find ourselves in that position, we can we can take corrective action to get ahead of it, right? So another reason why we don't want to gain excessive weight in off-season is that the dieting process will then be harder, whether it's just to get the weight off and feel maybe more yourself or to prep for a show. So if you're trying to if you're trying to diet and let's say again, let's use simple math here. You got on stage at 110 and now you find yourself walking around in off season, maybe in the 130s, something like that. So now you're 30 something pounds above your stage weight. You've got to trim all of that body fat as you cut down for your next show. And the reality is that anytime we lose weight, some muscle comes with the body fat. Uh, there's a lot of studies that indicated give or take, it can vary, but give or take, you know, safe number is like, let's say 25%. So if you lose a pound, 0.75 pounds is from fat, 0.25 is from muscle. So you can easily imagine scenarios where it's almost impossible to make improvements at your next show because of the amount of weight that you have to take off. So what what that can typically mean if you do want to improve and you've gained an inordinate amount of weight, you're walking around maybe 30, 40 pounds above your stage weight, that prep needs to be either very long and gradual, or it's likely that you will not get potentially as lean as you were the first time around, or it's just going to be overall, the process is going to be more difficult and frustrating as well. So the dieting process being harder is is the second reason that we want to avoid this. And, and what it can set us up for is never improving or just constantly chasing where we were before. This is a topic that I think they they really go into in a lot of episodes on Bikini in the Brain. If you guys listen to Team Elite Physique, the podcast with Adam Boney and Ashley Kaltwasser, they do a really good job covering this topic from time to time. And it's a situation, and it's for good reason, it's a situation that happens to a lot of competitors. Because let's say you're on stage in the 110s, you let yourself kind of blow up a little bit. Now you find yourself in the 140s. And then for that next show, you've got to get back down to the 110s. And that's that's something like 30 plus pounds. You've got to get off, which is, that's just too much. That's too much, like 35 pounds to lose. And again, let's do a bit of math here. So if 25% of that is muscle, you know, you're losing almost 10 pounds of muscle. So even if you've added muscle during your off season, you're still at a net loss. And that's, and that's, unfortunate, right? How many competitors do we see kind of end up in that position? That's that's a big thing to consider. What a lot of people who f- do find themselves in the in that position do or or could do as an option is like have a have a preliminary phase where you're dieting, letting your calories restabilize, kind of getting a chance to reverse diet where maybe you didn't the first time around 
and just take more time. Like don't force your body back into a dieting phase quickly because you need to try to recomp. Otherwise you're going to lose a lot of muscle. And again, you're going to be chasing that last physique, potentially not even making improvements. And then lastly, for the sake of our confidence and just feeling good, gaining a lot of excess weight is going to make us most likely not feel good about ourselves, man or woman, no matter which division you compete in, it's going to reduce our confidence, our self-esteem, and it's going to want to make us diet sooner, which again, we just talked about is the opposite of what you need to do if you've gained excessive weight, if at least, at least for a competition, right? So let's go through strategies and tips on how to reverse and do off-season like a champ. And and before I get into this, I do want to have a little preface here. Off-season can be tough for everyone. I think it is tough for everyone. Typically, it's those first few weeks that are the hardest and are the most mentally challenging because we're seeing our body change. And depending on how much you're eating, how you're handling your reverse, it can be kind of uncomfortable to watch the lines disappear, to feel bloated. We're changing our gut and, and the type of bacteria and chemicals that our gut is producing so a lot of our a lot of our serotonin our other brain chemicals are actually secreted in our gut and so when we eat crappy food our gut is then going to respond accordingly so it's also very normal to feel down because typically a lot of us what do we do we go eat the pizza the burgers the ice cream cookies like all the stuff we haven't been having and then all of a sudden we feel weird you know number one physically like we probably are putting our digestive system through a lot how much sense does that make if we know that our serotonin and our other so to speak happy chemicals are produced in our gut and now instead of feeding our bodies lean proteins and complex carbohydrates and vegetables and healthy fats we're feeding it junk food that we wouldn't feel good that our brain chemistry would be affected again so the first tip that i have for you guys that good rule of thumb is is about maybe eight to ten percent above stage weight and that just gives you an idea of what not to exceed so like the example i used for myself last year my highest stage weight was around 149 so let's round that up to 150 for easy math and then 10 percent of that is 15 pounds so i knew in my off season okay laura like 165 let's let's hold the let's hold the line there you know even if it creeps up to that point let's just hold and that is is just takes a certain amount of mental discipline i'm not i'm not not talking about people who might have health issues or things like that coming out of prep although that can happen and uh and we'll talk about that i mean one actually one thing too that it's not even not even in here in my list, but you know, if you're abusing supplements like clenbuterol and T3 during your prep, you are setting yourself up to have a hard rebound. So just know that. And, you know, if you're going to use those, those things, they're, they're both very dangerous. So proceed with caution and make sure that you have done your research. And if you're going to go that route, I highly recommend that you're under the care of a MD who is fully aware of everything that you're taking in the dosages. The next tip that I have for you guys is getting your hormones checked after a show. So this sort of relates to that. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say right after. There's a lot of changes that are happening. And especially for women, our hormones need a chance to rebound, to rebound and re-equilibrate. Giving yourself the time to let your body find that equilibrium, that's important. For me, for most of my athletes, I typically were looking for the menstrual cycle to return if that's disappeared as a sign that, okay, it's a good time to go get blood work. We'll have a good picture of where their body's at post reverse 
and it'll let us know if there's any issues. And things that can pop up, which do occur from time to time, high cortisol levels. That's really common. Um, Thyroid issues, unfortunately, that can happen. And again, if you're abusing something like T3, you're setting yourself up for that to happen. Dominant estrogen, dominant testosterone, those all mean different things and can affect you differently. So especially if we're estrogen dominant, if our cortisol is high, That might be a situation where someone is really holding on to weight and maybe gained weight rapidly just because their body was really suffering. Those that rebound from weight loss and the strict diets more easily, they may find that all their levels and all their blood work are back to normal. So doing the blood work, it's very important, whether you're natural, whether you're an enhanced athlete, it's really, really important to do. The next thing I'll say too, along with handling the off season, all of that, you got to, you got to reverse. And so what that means is still keep doing your cardio for most, for most what I, what I like to do, what I recommend is just gradually taper the cardio back as you're gradually adding the food back in. And if you follow that for most people, pending any underlying health issues, that will allow you to reverse really successfully. And so one of the pieces of that is you got to keep doing the cardio. Like it, it's not a good feeling if your cardio got up to 70 to 90 minutes for a show, and then now you need to back it off gradually, meaning maybe you're, the week after your show, you're doing 65 or 60 or who knows. It doesn't feel good to finish a show and think, man, I, got, I still got to do an hour of cardio every single day. You don't have that achievement you don't have that milestone to look forward to so it's really on you to discipline yourself mentally and realize that the reverse is for the health of my body it's for the health of my mind it's for my self-esteem it's for my confidence that I can feel good after I'm reversed and while I'm in my off season and keep in mind too that especially if we're adding in processed foods we're going out to eat and all that the cardio is good for our heart health so keeping that in during the reverse especially but also throughout your off season is important uh, I I don't like to completely eliminate cardio during an off season. Some people will do that saying that it's it's best for muscle building and whatnot. But I think just for cardiorespiratory health and also to have a bit of endurance during your strength training is a good thing. So keeping a little bit of cardio in for most people, you know, there's also there's also downsides to going too high, right? So if we're going too too high, yes, it will be harder to gain muscle, but something moderate, not too, not too intense in terms of the total amount is going to keep you healthy. It's going to boost your mood and it's most likely going to help you maintain your weight in a safe spot during the off season. So keep doing that cardio. The next tip, track your food or follow a meal plan. One that is not as restrictive as prep. Some examples of this could be maybe you have your typical meal plan and maybe it's just more calories. Maybe you introduce some foods that you typically wouldn't eat during prep. Maybe you have a bit of fruit or, or more fruit, or maybe you have a bit of Greek yogurt, right? Dairy, things that things that we wouldn't normally eat. Maybe you have some higher fat meats. Maybe you have a little bit more red meat in your diet, which as women, really beneficial. It's got lots of iron. It's the most bioavailable source of iron. And you know, if we're having a menstrual cycle every month, we are losing iron from our bodies every single month. It's not a mineral that's absorbed easily. So uh, even though it's present in red meat and things like spinach, it's not easily absorbable. So uh, things like that are all good examples, right? Maybe in, you know, if you're used to having oatmeal and brown rice or sweet potato on your prep, maybe for carb sources, maybe you're having things like plain English muffins or some more simple carbs like white rice or whatever it may be. But having some type of macros or meal plan, even if you're not perfect, even if you're not perfect, it will still allow you to 
handle your off season like that fit, beautiful champ that you know you are inside. So that's really my best tip. For me, I'm either in my off seasons, I'm either working with my coach Kimbo and he's giving me a meal plan and macros, um, or he's giving me a meal plan and it has the macros and I, you know, maybe do it a little more macro style than probably he would like, but I keep it, I keep it pretty clean for the most part. I still prep my food. And then if I'm not working with him, I'm creating my own meal plan. I'm creating my own macros and I sort of do it that way. So having something, having some type of accountability, I highly, highly recommend if you can't afford working with a coach year round, you know, find, find some other way to go about it. There's so many free resources online. You can absolutely find a place to create macros for yourself, to find example, example days of eating that are close to your macros. Maybe you have a friend who's into the gym or you have a friend who's a competitor and you guys can be each other's accountability buddies, you know, get creative. You don't necessarily have to work with a coach in off season, but if you can afford it and you know, it's going to be better for you, maybe consider going that route. It's really, it's really up to you. The last one is really just to not have an all or nothing mindset with your food. And what I mean by that is having a meal plan that's restrictive, like a prep meal plan while you're in off season is going to make it easier to restrict. And then what's the opposite of restrict binge. So it's much easier if we're being very restrictive to go back and forth with that cycle, especially if we're not prepping. So if we're trying to limit ourselves to only 1300 calories a day, you know, maybe we do a good job. Maybe we handle that and we can stick with that for about seven days or two weeks or something like that. But then there's going to come a point, especially if it's overly restrictive, if it's, if we're trying to set ourselves up to be in a chronic calorie deficit, we're going to get too hungry, temptation will strike, and we're going to go off the rails. Whereas if you're maintaining with higher calories, reasonable where you can incorporate foods that you already like that you enjoy there's so it's so much less likely that you're going to go binge just psychologically that's how it works binging and restricting it's a cycle it's a pendulum and it's so much easier to be on that pendulum ride that yo-yo back and forth than it is to just find balance and that is what so many people struggle with and that's why we do have an obesity epidemic in our country is there's so little information out there and people don't really know (laughs) know how to, that's unfortunate. A lot of people really don't know how to eat and how to properly nourish their bodies. So you as a competitor, you're probably way more educated than the average person. So seek out, seek out that, you know, structure, but flexible structure. So maybe it's sort of related to having a meal plan or following something structured, but don't think all or nothing. You know, even if you have macros, even if let's say you do have a coach and they give you macros, if you have one day, out of a six month off season where you don't track your macros, you're not a failure. It's not going to mean you're going to do poorly your next competition. It's one day. So also be able to take a step back, have a higher level perspective and not get so caught up in, you know, being perfect either with your macros or, you know, following a meal plan or things like that. If you can take a breath when things don't go 100% right. I mean, ideally, most of the time we're in control, we're in charge of what we're doing, we're making active choices, and we're not just reacting to the chaos around us. But if you have one day out of a long off season where you don't track or something like that, the sky is not going to fall on you. Again, you're not going to lose your show next time you compete because you didn't track that one day, it'll be fine. And if you can mentally strike that balance of being disciplined and having high standards for yourself, but also letting yourself have grace when you're not perfect. That is what's going to allow you to go 
a lot further and also a lot longer in this sport. The ones that really get burnout are the ones that find themselves on this binge restrict pendulum and can't get off and and then they just burn out. So this episode and these tips are things that I bring to you guys with a lot of love in my heart, with a lot of compassion for you as my like bikini wellness figure, women's physique sisters. Like that's what you are. We're sisters in this. And and I bring all this information with a lot of love. And and for me, off seasons can still be so hard, but I think I've also managed to figure them out because I've had to spend so much time taking off season so I could build some muscle. And I had to make peace with my body. I had to make peace with how to eat. You know, if the judges are giving you feedback that you need more muscle, get comfortable eating. Doesn't mean that you're stuffing yourself, um, especially as a female. We don't need to like force feed ourselves. We don't need to be drinking drinking chicken and rice smoothies or any crazy things like that. But you got to be comfortable with food. And if you're carrying a little extra body fat, you know, just a little bit above your stage weight, hey, that's okay. Because the look of a stage lean woman, it's not something that happens by accident. It's very intentional. It takes a lot of hard work. And it's also not the healthiest, at least hormonally. And for that look of being shredded, shredded and having no body fat is typically not as attractive to men. So recognize that people around you, you may see yourself as less attractive, but a lot of people around you may actually find you more attractive with a little bit of body fat, a little bit more curves. And, and I would just encourage you dress for your shape, dress for what you're working with, Wear things that are going to make you feel good so that any extra body fat that you have is not creating stress, making you feel like you're lacking confidence in yourself. Dress for your shape. I think around 2017, somewhere in there, I just started buying a bunch of clothes from Fashion Nova because I came across it on Instagram. And in those Clothes are made for curvier girls and they're stretchy and they're high-waisted so you can hide, you know, hide areas of your body or show areas of your body you're not the proudest about in a different way. So, so that's really all I have for you guys. So just know that I know some of these topics can be a little bit controversial. Like, you know, who am I? Am I fat shaming people? No, I'm just talking to you, my fellow sister in competing and giving you what I've learned over the years. You know, I'm not, I'm not Miss Bikini Olympia. I'm not the greatest out there, at least right now, but I'm working really hard. And this is something I spend a lot of time and effort studying, learning about practicing myself. And I just want to share what I know with you. And if it can help anyone, if it can help one person handle their off season a little bit better, that's all I want. So if you guys have questions about these things, about these tips, maybe I'll make a little post on the bikini things, Instagram, let me know. So with that, I'm going to close it out. You guys, it's late at night. I need to get some good rest. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to review and rate the podcast five stars subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you want to be coached with me, go to my Instagram at Laura underscore IFBB pro, click that fitness coaching request form. You can also do that on the more athletics page. That's Instagram M O R E athletics. It's there. And it's also on the bikini things, Instagram. So if you guys want to be coached by me, you want to do a posing session with me, you can find those links in all those places. Check us out online at bikini things.com share it with a friend and I'll catch you in the next episode.